Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. Happy to be with you this week as we start the new year. I know we had a session last week, but this is uh, the true beginning of the new year as everyone is back at work. And this week, we're going to talk about the team that makes a multifamily real estate investment work. Now you might be wondering, because we're going to talk about a lot of people that are involved, well, how does this apply to me? I don't have a big team. It's just me. Or I'm a passive investor. I don't know who any of these people are that might be involved in doing this work for me. Well, those are great questions. Whether you know all the individuals or you do all the work yourself or some combination along that spectrum, all of this work gets done and these people are present somewhere. So we're going to share a little bit about how we do that at Mara Polling and hope that you find value in it. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And don't forget to visit the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Lots of great content for you there. We will be launching a new webinar series. I'm not sure if that'll be coming out this week or next. Uh, so be sure to swing by and check that out. Um, and we have some exciting updates coming to marapolling.com. Uh, hopefully all finished up and launched in the first quarter. So keep an eye out for those. All right, with that, let's get to the question of the day. And that is, how many real estate professionals does it take to screw in a light bulb? Okay, that's an old joke. But seriously, how many people does it take to actually make a multifamily real estate investment a success? Well, we're not going to focus a lot on the number of people, although we'll share with you the work that we do and how we structure it. More though about the work that's done and that someone needs to do this work, whether you are doing the work yourself as an owner operator that manages your own property or the work's being done for you by many, many people that you may not know the name of, but they're there behind your sponsor. If you work with Mara Poling or a firm like us, there are people just like the people I'm going to introduce to you. We're very proud of our team, and I'll share a little bit about them as we go through this today. Most importantly, pay attention to the work that these folks do, because that's the work that needs to get done for there to be success. Okay, so with that, let's dive in. We break the work down into three key components an operations component, a finance component, and a underwriting, modeling, acquisitions, dispositions kind of component. And lots and lots of people are involved in all of that. Uh, but we'll go through and talk about each of those. Now, that happens to be the way that Mara Poling is structured. Not surprisingly, since that's how we cluster the work together, we have a director of operations, Anthony Gallegos. Anthony is our director of operations. His job are basically to make sure that the assets are performing on plan. 
somebody has to do that, right? Somebody has to, one, make sure that there is a plan for the asset. What What's the objectives that we're going for at this particular point in time? Maybe it's value add, maybe it's stabilization, maybe we're getting ready to go to market and sell, but that the asset's performing that way. And we absolutely know that things happen and assets do not perform the way we expect them to. They might have favorable variances, maybe operating expenses are running less than what we had forecasted. They may have unfavorable variances. Maybe our vacancy is higher than we had forecasted and than we had planned. When that occurs, the ops team has to identify that that's happened, determine why, what's the root cause of that, and then do a couple of things. One is take whatever immediate fix needs to be done to right the wrong, and then really address the longer-term root cause with some corrective action. So for example, if we have a vacancy variance, maybe our vacancy is a couple points higher this month than what we had expected. Well, we want to get in there and understand why, right? And maybe the reason why is because we've got um, a lumpy distribution of leases. And what I mean by that is if we have 120 units, we don't have 10 leases expiring every month. We have 10 one month, 10 the next month, and then we have 18 one month, and then we have a bunch of months at seven or something like that. Well, the long-term corrective action is going to be, let's start adjusting the length of term of the leases to try and smooth that out so we can get closer to 10 leases a month. That makes it easier for us to manage, easier for us to plan. It improves the stability of the asset. The short-term fix might be because we suddenly have a bunch of extra units vacant than we normally would, not because the property is underperforming, but simply because we had more expirations. It might be to run some short-term concessions to very promptly get the property leased back up to the level that we'd like and then implement that corrective action so that next year we don't have that. That's the kind of work that someone in the organization has to do. So if you manage your own property, you're doing that yourself. If you're an investor with a sponsor, there's a property manager, someone that's on site that's managing the property. And if it's a large sponsor, someone like Mora Polling, there may in fact be an operations department that's overseeing all of that activity and is going to be working with the on-site property management team to do the work I just described. Operations, big part of the business, involved in every step from the acquisition. So while we're acquiring properties, the operations team is who's performing the due diligence and preparing the plan for how the property is going to perform. Through the transition, the value add work and the stabilization, and then on the exit strategy, operating the property all the way through that exit and being a part of the acquisition of the second generation or third generation asset via the 1031. So there's an operations component. In addition to that, there's a finance component. And the finance folks 
make sure we know where all the money is, what we've done with it, what we forecast the future is going to look like, and based on that, helps us with what decisions we can make. Casey Temple's our director of finance. Casey does a fantastic job, and she and her team do all of that work for all of our assets, our entire portfolio, including all of the assets that are owned in very um, unique ways. We work with a lot of different clients. We have an investment fund that many of you are uh, members of. Thank you for that uh, participation, the total return fund. We also have individual assets that we have many investors in and individual assets that have been acquired and designed to meet the needs of a specific family and what they might be looking for. All of those generate financials, financials that need to be reviewed, that need to have adjustments made on occasion for any errors in bookkeeping that might have occurred, that need to be analyzed so that we can identify from the financials, in addition to the operating metrics, that we can identify potential areas for improvement, whether it be an unfavorable variance, as I was describing, for example, on vacancy, or whether it be a favorable variance where we're running a positive variance on net operating income. We're generating more cash than we thought we would. Well, what do we want to do with that cash? That's a decision that comes about from the finance department being able to identify those issues and forecast that for us so that we can make a smart decision as asset managers. If you are managing your own portfolio, you're the head of your finance department. You're doing that work yourself, and then making those decisions about what needs to be done given your current situation and what the future looks like. If you're a passive investor with a sponsor, that sponsor has someone that's doing all of this work. And then once a year, that team works with the accounting folks, the tax people, they put together the tax returns, the K-1s, all the other documents that are needed to make sure that you can take full advantage of all of the unique advantages that multifamily commercial real estate provides when it comes to taxes, including things like depreciation and all sorts of other great opportunities. So operations, finance, and then what we think is really, really critical is a team, an individual, a group of individuals that are focused on the math, focused on the analysis, focused on data. We're big believers in making decisions based on data, not based on a gut feel, not based on a hunch, not based on an emotional connection to an asset one way or the other. Diego Guerrera is our director of acquisitions, and he does all of that modeling. He builds all of those models, manages them for us, that help us not only make decisions when we're going to acquire an asset, but throughout the life cycle of an asset. Should we be making this additional investment on the value add side? What if we took advantage of the lazy equity in an asset and were to add some supplemental debt or refinance the asset? What if we were to sell the asset and take the proceeds and do plan A or plan B or plan C with it? All of that modeling is important so that we can make decisions 
that are based on data. We want to make the best decision possible. We believe using data puts us in the best position to be able to do that. And we would strongly encourage you to do that. If you're building your own portfolio, you need to invest some time and energy in doing some modeling for yourself about how that asset might perform in the future. You can do a lot of what-if analysis to get a sense of the stress testing of that particular asset. And on a regular basis, you can reevaluate your plan because the world changes. While we put a plan together in 2020 when we acquired an asset, here we are in 2023 and the world has changed. Some of those changes may put us in a position where we might want to do something different than what we originally forecasted. And you can't make that decision just based on a hunch or a guess or a feeling. You want to make that decision based on data. So someone has to gather that data, do the analysis so that the rest of the team, the operations folks and the finance folks, can then pull that together to make a complete decision about how we might proceed with that particular asset. So those are three really critical components. They are in no way, shape or form though, the entire team. There are a lot of other activities involved, many of those activities having a person associated with them. For example, if you're going to do an acquisition or your sponsor is doing an acquisition, there are going to be some attorneys involved. There's going to be transaction attorneys. There's going to be entity attorneys. There uh, may be regulatory attorneys if it's going to be a syndicated investment. All of those attorneys have to work together to make sure that the work that we do is done correctly. Now, one reason is, right, nobody wants to get in trouble. Nobody wants to have a problem on an asset and, uh, you know, a, like a regulatory problem. And that's absolutely true. That's one of the reasons we use those attorneys. The overarching reason we use those folks is we want to do the work correctly for our clients. And we would hope that you would have that desire for yourself, that you don't want to cut a corner. You want to do the work the right way so that you can feel good and sleep well at night, knowing that your investment has been structured correctly. And if you're working with a sponsor, that you're working with a sponsor that has a similar concern so that you don't have to worry about a potential issue down the road because someone cut a corner. Uh, uh, lots of attorney jokes, right? Uh, that's, that's a common thing in our society. People enjoy poking fun at them. They're really a valuable part of the team. In addition to the ones I just described, we also have attorneys that work with us, for example, on litigation, contracts. Nobody wants to sue anyone. And generally, when we sign a contract for someone to perform a service, they perform the service, we pay them, and the contract never really comes into play once it's been executed. There are occasions, though, where there may be a dispute. And if there's a dispute, that's why we have contracts. And if we can't come to an agreement about how to resolve the dispute, well, that's why we have litigation attorneys, attorneys that can go through that particular process. You want to be in a position where you're able to be protected. You're going to have an insurance risk management group that's going to work with you. And you also want to have that legal group. All of that goes into helping protect your hard-earned dollars from 
potential issues in the future. Now, in addition to all of those folks, we need money to buy properties. That money comes from investors, right? So if you're going to buy a property and you're managing it yourself, you have some cash you're going to do that with. If you invest with a sponsor like Mara Poling, you put some cash into that deal. The vast majority of investments, though, also involve debt. So where does the debt come from? Well, you have to go to the lending community to get that, either directly or most often through a broker. And those brokers will help you structure the debt in a way that helps you achieve the specific goals that you're going after. There's lots and lots and lots of different kinds of debt that's available out there. All of it is really good quality debt. But you wouldn't put a floating rate um, bridge loan on the same property that you would put a 12-year agency fixed debt on. Those really solve two different issues. And you wouldn't look at using either of them on one property. You would pick one or the other. And how do you do that? You do that by having a great debt team, a great loan team that helps you put the financing together to make this work the right way. Where do deals come from? If you're looking to buy a property or if you're investing with a sponsor, where did they find that property? Most likely it came from a broker, a commercial broker that has relationships in the community and that knows of properties that are either on market or pre-market or off-market properties that aren't really for sale right now, but the owners might be open to a conversation. We have transacted in all of those different manners. And that comes from a wonderful team of brokers that we work with that help us get all of that done. I mentioned earlier that the operations team is going to have a relationship with the property management folks, right? So the property manager that's on site, the lead maintenance person that's on site, those are critical members of the team. They might be employees, right? A sponsor like Mara Poling might have in-house property management. They might use a third-party property manager. And if you are managing your own portfolio, you might be doing the work yourself. You might have some support resources, maybe a maintenance person, handyman kind of individual, uh, maybe a tenant that lives at the property if it's a certain size that kind of takes care of things but isn't really a property manager. Or you may hire an independent third-party property manager that does those things for you. But somebody has to do that work. Somebody has to qualify new tenants, sign leases, deal with maintenance issues, take care of tenants that are leaving, and perform the overall management of the asset on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, for Mara Pulling, just a few specifics about us, that entire organization that right now is a little north of 60 people, that entire organization Someone's got to quarterback all that together and make that work. And while I'm very honored to be the leader of our team, I'm not the person that actually does that. We've got some wonderful uh, folks in our organization that serve to lead the team on a day-to-day -day basis and into the future strategically. 
Our chief operating officer, Lauren Torres, oversees all of the operations, basically making sure that the trains run on time, coordinating efforts between finance, between operations, between the third-party legal teams that we use, the internal staff, the CPAs, all of that. As we look to where we may put clients' funds to get the best returns and achieve their objectives, John Jones, our chief investment officer, works with our acquisition teams to handcraft each additional asset that gets added to the portfolio so that we achieve the goals for security and stability and returns that that client is looking to achieve. And I, as I said, I have the honor of leading that entire team, doing all that I can to help mentor the group as we move forward into the future. Um, one last little note, uh, we often don't talk too much about our own organization, but I would like to uh, just give a shout out to uh, to my long-term partner, uh, Bill Mara. So you may, when you see the name Mara Poling, wonder where does that name come from? Well, Bill Mara is the Mara in Mara Poling, and I'm the Poling in Mara Poling. And Bill and I have worked together for almost three decades now. Uh, last year, Bill took a step back from day-to-day -day operations and near the end of the year announced his retirement. So we uh, thank Bill for all the work that he has done for us over the years, uh, the great foundation that he helped lay for the success that we hopefully bring to all of our clients. Uh, Bill played a substantial role in helping uh, develop our team, uh, increase their capabilities, and build the structure that we have uh, today, and we are grateful for his uh, participation in that. One of the reasons I wanted to share all this was, as I said, if you do the work yourself or if you invest with a sponsor, someone does all these things. And you may want to learn more about who they are if you're a passive investor. If you're doing the work yourself, you might want to run down the list to make sure you've got all those same bases covered. And if you have questions about that, I'm happy to help you think through that and share a little more about what we do in each of those particular uh, steps. But another reason I wanted to share all of that with you is this year you will begin to hear from some other members of our team. Starting in the next couple of weeks, I'll be joined by some members of our leadership team or our ownership group who will join the discussion around many of the topics that you have said you wanted us to touch on in 2023. To that end, if you have a topic you'd like us to spend some time on, feel free to shoot me that email, pat at marapolling.com. Keep an eye out. We'll make sure that we announce uh, when one of those sessions is coming up where there's going to be somebody joining me. So it won't just be me. We'll make sure we put a little special announcement out about that. So make sure you uh, get an opportunity to participate in those sessions. And again, don't forget to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com and check out all the great content there. Thanks for joining me this week, and please join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Polling. <laughs>